Hello and welcome everyone to episode 8 of the VGC Trainer School podcast where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake and I am joined today by Spicer and Sempra. Thank you both very much for coming on to the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, Spicer, how's it going? What's uh, what's new with you? Hey, pretty good. Uh, not much. Just still doing season one, honestly, for a bit. It's almost over, so I'll get to season two. Just uh, just going on the ladder, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Have you been doing showdown or more so like actually on card stuff? Uh, showdown, I have yet to to get those mons on my cart, but I've got a feeling it won't take long. Right, because it is very easy to find everything in the wild and uh, and you know train it up and catch it and whatnot. So um, that's cool. Right. That's cool. That's cool. That'll be uh, that'll be fun once you once you do that. But great. Uh, thanks for hopping back on and uh, Sempro, welcome to the pod as well. Uh, welcome back. Happy to have you, of course. Uh, what's new with you? I think I started every single one of these by saying I've been grinding ladder. I haven't been grinding ladder. I have been on to season two real quick, but. It's only been on tours, I'm pretty sure, and I've just been just been doing those tours and and while not playing ladder because I've exams stuff like that, so it's kind of funny finding out how good your team is from one tour to the next, and then only realizing as you do really bad that your team just wasn't good. So, sorry, I'm glad you got your priorities in order there. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be back. The, the ladder's gonna miss me, but I'll be back in a couple of days. We always come back, um, don't we? God, I always interrupt. But Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, I think right now I am doing some ladder stuff for series two, getting my, my team squared away. I'm just going full in on the paradox mods at this point and just having a blast with it. Um, I just recently got them into game. So I'm, I'm ready for, you know, February 1st, once that hits and then jump on the ladder. So it's been good. Just kind of, you know, going with the flow, doing some raids here and there. I made some support mods the other day, like a, a special defense tank in uh, Hatterene with like mystical fire and life doing stuff. And that's been fun to just sit there and never die and never let my teammates die. So it's been cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, great. Well, thank you. Let's jump into it. We have a lot to talk about today. It is all series two for the most part because we want to get everyone ready and prepared for what is to come once February hits. So we have some news that we want to get into first, of course, but then we're going to do a pretty deep dive into Series 2. We're going to be talking about some recent tournaments that have happened that Semper just uh, referenced, as well as some of the observations, some things to know, and some strategies that you'll want to be on the lookout for that you're either going to use when you are building your team or to build against. So very excited to jump into that, but let's start with the news. Uh, I'll take this first one because as we suspected from the last episode it is in fact Greninja that will be the seven star Terra raid it'll run from January 27th through the 29th it will be that poison Terra um, which is really cool because obviously that's not its normal type so it's probably going to have gunk shot and it's going to get stab on that and 
that could suggest that maybe it's a physical attacker or maybe it will be mixed and it'll still retain the stab for dark pulse and water shuriken which i think is really neat because if you think about the things that are going to be a regular greninja it's like grass types or fighting types poison actually beats you know both of those things so then it's like okay well then i want to use a ground type or i want to use a dark uh, or i want to use a, a psychic type against the poison but then water and dark both be, be both of those so i don't know uh it's it's neat so we'll see what some of the strategies are if they come out with that man how did we know it was going to be greninja we sure are the the best podcast to listen to for vgc aren't we we certainly are we are perceptive individuals i'd say uh sempra what's that next one yeah, so there'll be a Mystery Gift available for a free ability capsule, and that'll be available on the 28th. Uh, we'll show the code in the show description, and it may not seem a lot, but it'll save you 100,000 Poké Dollars, 100K, 100 bands saved up uh, off the Mystery Gift. So yeah, we'll include that. Very nice. And then, as everybody knows, Liverpool, well, not everybody, that's why you're here is going to be running on January 21st and 22nd, and it's going to be the last of the Series 1 tournaments. Kind of the grand finale going out with a bang. Our boy Swamp is going to be there, and we're all rooting for him. He's definitely going to win seniors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've been putting in so much work with coaching and practice and stuff like that. It's going to be really cool to see what the what the meta looks like since people are going to be basing a lot of their teams, perhaps, from San Diego results. But yeah, it's the end of Series 1. Kind of got here pretty quickly. So Paradox Mons are coming quickly in Series 2. Um, but I'm curious for you both. Are you ready for Series 1 to be over? Or do you wish we maybe had another month or two of uh, Series 1? Uh, personally, I I can wait for it to happen. But it it's not a really big deal to me either way. I'm looking forward to Series 2. And... I also enjoyed series one a lot. I feel like series two is a little more uh, centered around the paradox Pokemon. Obviously, I think it's going to make it a little bit more centralizing of a meta. I mean, all metas are to some degree, but I think series one has been really good as far as uh, at least a lot of other formats have been, at least in gen eight. So I'm still enjoying it for a little bit, and then I will be ready to enjoy Series 2. Uh, I thought it was weird initially, just like everyone else. Have, we're playing a month format and then just moving on, especially when it's our first month of the game. I like the format, though. I still think moving on was a little bit too quick, but I like the format itself, so I'm excited. Yeah, I agree um, that it was a little short, but at least we're not doing one format for six months. <coughs> Series 12. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like the worst one, too, in my opinion. But like, but yeah, I think crazy bad take. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure. Well, I mean, Zacian will be coming back with home eventually. So you'll be getting it, you know, sooner than probably I want. But yeah, I don't know. It's like I was really, really excited for Series 1. I had a great time with it. But then I feel like they announced Series 2 too soon in a way because then once i saw i was like oh i can use great tusk oh i can use iron bundle i can use flutter main now yeah i'll you know hop in the lab and show down and see what i can come up with and mess around with stuff and then i just immediately forgot about series one i don't know <laughs> I, I it's like 
I wish it was longer. And if it was, I, I definitely would have continued to play it. But now the fact that we're almost to series two, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait. You know, I, I think it's just weird how early they introduced it. I think getting away with yeah. a one month format was possible, but now you have the community split up into two formats. And so you have some people team building for series one, and then some people team building for series two while playing season two tournaments. And then it's just, it's all weird. I just, they could have gone away with it if they just announced it like 10 days earlier, a week earlier. It would have been way more fun. I think too, they're also running into the issue of Orlando. Yeah, I was, I was, about, I was just about to correct myself. Yeah, that, that's true. I think they should have made Orlando Caesar Series 1, even even though they announced it early. I don't know. I, I just feel like four days into a format is just weird. I guess they know that Pokemon fans get bored of formats quickly, or at least a good amount of them. And they knew that they were already practicing on Showdown, this thing that they pretend doesn't exist. So I'm looking at the list of the actual regionals, and I guess they didn't really have a better time to do it because you have Orlando, which is February 3rd through the 5th, and then you have Knoxville, which is the 24th through the 26th, and then it's like you have March 10th through the 12th for Vancouver. So I guess you could have done it at the beginning of March, and then the people going there at least had you know, more than a week to be able to practice on ladder and with other people and then you have series two for the or series one rather for the entirety of february and then you have two additional regionals that are series one but i don't know i guess they also too they're like we just want to let people start using these these pokemon and, and i and i do get that because these type of tournaments that allowed them were probably going to pop up sooner rather than later anyways so they may as well say yeah we're going to lean into it and you can play with them go crazy but yeah, cool. That is the news. Very exciting. And of course, again, with Liverpool, that is going to be very fun to watch. And we're rooting for all of the members of the BGC Trainer School community that are competing over there in Europe. But let's jump into the topic at hand for Series 2. We want to do a deep dive and really discuss uh, what the new format's going to be, the new Paradox Mons, some things to look out for, all that kind of stuff. So let's get into it. I did want to just first talk about the item, the Booster Energy. So the reason I want to talk about this first is because it is an item that is now actually viable because there is no reason to use it in Series 1. So this is something that you're going to be seeing on just about every single team, unless they have another way around it. But the booster energy item is a consumable item that activates either Quark Drive or Protosynthesis, whether it's the future or past Paradox Mon, respectively, without needing Sun or Electric Terrain to be active. Now, once the Pokemon switches out, that boost from the booster energy does go away because it is consumed, but that is the way that you can get around you know, not having sun or electric terrain on your team since Pinkurchin isn't necessarily the most usable Pokemon, but we are seeing it on some of these on some of these teams. So maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Also important to note that if the specific condition is active, such as a past paradox mon like Fluttermane, is currently holding a booster energy, but the sun is active, then its protosynthesis ability will activate and not use the booster energy. Now, if a Tyranitar or a Pelipper switches in and that weather changes, or simply the sun goes away just from natural fade, 
then the booster energy will take place. And that boost will be active for as long as the Pokemon is on the field. So booster energy is a very important item. What it does is it provides a 1.3 times boost to the highest stat of that Pokemon. And it is dynamic, which is important to note. For an example, if you have a physical attacking Pokemon that gets intimidated and that attack stat then drops below one of the other stats, the booster energy will actually boost that other stat, which is pretty interesting. interesting. Um, also, if it's activating for speed, it gives a 1.5 boost as opposed to 1.3 for every other for every other stat. I think booster energy is one of the best items right now. Like it's just straight up. I think it's on nearly every team, and it's. I, I'm so happy that the items in the game because I remember a lot of people were saying Sun is going to be hard meta. We might see Picursion rise up. It was a really funny thought, but boost energy kind of saves you from having to to play with a Picursion. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a great item, and I think I think it's on nearly every team, right? Like probably the most popular item of Caesarese too. I would assume. Yeah, it's. It makes perfect sense, right? You're you're powering up already incredible Pokemon. Uh, almost every team wants to have one, and I think a lot of teams wish they had two or three. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of some balance in the fact you can only have one, and all the Paradox Mons have such great uh, stat distribution that you want to have more than one anyways, but you're only going to be able to pick one to have that booster energy on. And the thing with the booster energy, too, that's very important to note is when Protosynthesis or Quark Drive is active, it boosts the stat of the Pokemon as opposed to like a like a Swords Dance or an Agility Boost or something like that, where you know the actual attack stat does increase. So then you can use a Swords Dance on top of an already boosted attack stat and just really really push it to you know higher and higher limits, um, which is which is pretty neat. To, to know and then especially with too when it boosts your speed it's basically just a free choice scarf and you're not locked into a move so you have a lot of flexibility um like with iron bundle or fluttermane if they run booster energy there and they're you know very fast you can still run protect and still be incredibly incredibly fast which is great speed control without needing to pick what move you want to use for the rest of your time on the field one of you guys might know this but is that the same amount that the uh, ruinous quartet mons lower stats i don't think so aren't they like 1.25 or it's 0.75 times oh, okay. or is it it's it's not like supreme overlord either so i guess those are all different they all affect the raw stat number without being a stat boost but they're different amounts i guess yeah exactly like one good thing to know is you can't haze them away a lot of people try to do that but yeah you can't do that yeah that is very important to know because it is a entirely new mechanic that we're going to have to all learn and it's probably all going to change a lot of the calculations that we're doing since calculations are done in our head in, in a lot of these instances so especially when they do introduce those that legendary quartet it's going to definitely throw things out of whack but we don't have to worry about that just yet but cool so that's that's a booster energy item i just wanted to get that out of the way because it does it is going to factor into some of these team builds and how you know you could have multiple Paradox Mons on a team and not have a condition to be able to get them to be overcharged or anything. So we pulled a list of four recent Series 2 tournaments that all had at least 70 players. And we're looking at the top eight. 
we're not going to go through all of them because you're going to be here then for another, you know, two hours or so. But this is a good representation of what some of the larger tournaments are going to have. The spreads or the, the sets that you could potentially see on teams and on Pokemon themselves. Um, but also, I wanted to do a little, a little review of how the meta changed even just within a week of, of some of these tournaments that were introduced. The first one being January 11th and the last one being uh, January 18th, just a couple days ago. So just right off the bat, the thing that I find the most interesting is that there was a tournament that occurred on January 11th. It was called the Beanie Brawl. And at 112 players, there were nine Paradox Pokemon in the top 48. Fast forward a week later, and on January 16th, it was a, another tournament called the Poke Melee Monday, and there were 20 Paradox Mons of the 48, an increase of 11 from, in just a week. So people got way more familiar and used to being able to utilize these Pokemon and build around them, and the teams changed dramatically because of it. So at this point, we'll just go back and forth, talk about some things that we're seeing, some things that we find interesting, and what have you. So uh, I'll just kick it off with just like the general question. What's something that I guess is uh, really apparent to you in some of these meta shifts that we're seeing in Series 2? I think just the raw power of Paradox Mons is kind of crazy. A lot of people said, I, I heard mixed reviews. Some people said they're just not as good as people think they are. Because they have an essentially useless ability if they don't have Sun or Electric Train Up or, of course, a Booster Energy. So a lot of people said that they're going to be left in the dust. Like, I remember in the beginning, before Series 1, a lot of people said that Hariyama was better than Iron Hands. If you check the tournament results, it's like Iron Hands everywhere and not a single Hariyama. It is laughable at that at this point because you're absolutely right. That was a prevailing thought. Yeah, whoever said that, ha ha ha. So that's, that's my thought, that like, how much better Paradox Mons are than we initially thought. Is Iron Hands like the most impressive one? And that's kind of a surprise. I know, I guess Bundle come and Fluttermane are pretty much up there tied. Well, I think what it is, right, is that the stat distributions on these Pokemon is near perfect. Like Iron Hands specifically, 154 HP, 140 attack, 108 defense, 68 special defense, and 50 speed. The remaining 50 in special attack, it's never going to use it. Or like Fluttermane, 55 in HP, attack, and defense. And then 135 in special attack, special defense, and speed. So it's like the base stat totals, none of them are over 600. They get very close with Roaring Moon at 590. But these spreads are just perfect for exactly what they need to do. And I think that when they designed these Pokemon, they knew exactly what they were doing, obviously. But it's pretty impressive because, yeah, the raw power is there, even if the base stat total may not necessarily. Yeah, uh, it's like they're min-maxed very well. Somebody knew what they were doing when they made these Mons. Maybe they thought that without having an ability that's not triggered, that they wouldn't be good enough unless they have fat stats that were min-maxed right. But they're good. I think the only... Two that I've really seen almost no usage for is Jugulus and Thorns. I, th I remember Jugulus did really good in like the initial tournament too. They're just so good. And you're so right about mid-max. Like Iron Hands probably has one of the greatest strategy missions 
of any mod ever. Like you have the perfect trick room on the literally doesn't even need trick room anymore. Like it's been yeah. slapped on a hyper offense course without a single trick room mode. Wow. Just because it's so fat and it just sits there and then it has a perfect attribution. It has very low special attack, which it doesn't even use. It has lower special defense, which it doesn't care about because it just puts on an assault vest and now it's as bad as special defense and like mons that are investing into that. It's just unbelievable how fat that mon is. And I think Iron Hands is just a perfect example of yeah, these mons are being these mon stats are being distributed so so well. I just wanted to say that as I said that about Jugulus, I'm noting that someone named Scarlet Skill got uh looks like sixth place in yeah, the exactly. Pokey Bros. That's what I was talking Jugulus, about. So what do I know? Well, that's the thing too, is like just to go back to Iron Hands real quickly, just to sort of put that HP stat in perspective, uninvested HP for Iron Hands can live a 252 HP final gambit from Annihilate. Like something that was running rampant in series one as a way, or at least early on anyways, to be able to just completely eliminate a Pokemon from the field. Iron Hands is like, oh, thanks for that, I guess. Now I can just focus on the other the other Pokemon that was on the field. Like that's just, it, it's it's insane that it's able to do that. And then it gets recovery in a way with Drain Punch plus Heavy Slam and all that. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. It's definitely the thing that has seen the greatest increase in usage for sure from the first tournament to the the later ones. Yeah, I feel like people are, you know, adjusting. They've been adjusting to Bundle and Fluttermane, but now it seems like everyone is adjusting around the Iron Hands. Like, you've got to have a plan for it. And you're going to have specific counters to it on your team somewhere. King of the Terror Raids is now also seemingly the king of Series 2. Absolutely. But it's funny It's funny logic that we didn't realize. Like, we, we realized that it's so good for Terror Raids because it's so tanky. And you don't care about moving last because it's a Terror Raid anyway. And somehow we didn't put that logic to competitive when it's the exact same logic. Mm-hmm. It's doing a different role, but it's still doing a thing. Well, that's the thing, though, too, is it's like... How long, how many years did we want an electric fighting type? And then we finally get it in Palmon, and we're like, oh, I guess this is fine. And then we get it in Iron Hands, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is what we wanted. This is just perfect coverage, basically. Yeah, um, and a great defensive combo, too, with the electric neutralizing a flying weakness. Yeah. And you mentioned, too, uh, Spicer, people have to have a counter for it. And so probably not surprising is if you look at something that has stabbed with electric and fighting, a grass poison is going to be the natural counter to it. And because the fact that Iron Hands has cork drive instead of guts, it is susceptible to being status. So we are seeing a ton more of Amoongus, which is probably not surprising in the slightest. Mm-hmm. And to quote the cool guys over at Pokesports, love them. The Amoongus factor is real. And not only is it just the Amoongus factor, it is uh, always a, a counter meta. And, I mean, it, it's the counter meta this time, really. Um, and there's not a lot of brute bonnets. I think that that poison type is just too important because the dark type on bonnet is just too susceptible to the hands. No one wants to catch these hands. No, that's, that's exactly... I think dark type and dragon type are just terrible types now dark type i understand everyone was like this is the greatest type ever made you know miyashkata loves dark type 
we had a lot of pranks going around, so everyone thought that Dark Type was gonna take over, but Come Series Two is just garbage. Like you, you just get destroyed by all the the top paradox mons. Yeah, so let's talk about a couple of those other Paradox Mons. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Fluttermane or Iron Bundle? Might as well talk about them both at once. They're both like the kings of the speed tiers. And Bundle barely outspeeds Fluttermane by like one point at max speed. They and... absolutely trolled Fluttermane. Like they had to, yeah. right? Yeah. They're like, okay, think, you yeah, are a to. demon. And just floating there and you're just going to like lay waste everything. Oh, and here's a penguin that's literally one speed point faster. Like, no way. 136 versus 135. It's so funny to me. And then if you want to, uh, sorry, if you want to, like, outspeed them with the choice scarf, think again, because that's what they're going to have their booster energy on, and nothing's going to outspeed them. Yeah, you literally need a Dragapult with with choice scarf to be able to outspeed these two things, which is insane. Wait, does that work? Yes. Because oh. Dragapult at 142. So you could okay. run, you know, physical uh, Terra Ghost, Terra Blast into Fluttermane, and that would certainly Oko it. Or you could run like a special set, and then maybe you can take care of Iron Bundle. But because the fact that they are different with where they are bulky, like with defense on Iron Bundle and special defense on Fluttermane, you can't even have just one counter for either of them. Which is also, I think they did that on purpose. I think it's cool that uh, I feel like a lot of people initially have that, like, if you're going to run Iron Bundle, just run Booster Energy because it makes it so fast. But I think the majority of them are running Sash, which is which is really interesting because we were like, this is bulky Regilecki, this is bulky Regilecki, just, just run Booster Energy, it's faster than Halecki. And then everyone's running Sash anyway. So it, it it's pretty cool that, you know, how, how different the metagame is than what. We initially took it for bulky. I don't. I don't see it as bulky, but it takes it takes an extra physical hit. I think it lives Iron Hands Drain Punch from like some Iron Hands sets. I think. Don't quote me on that. I mean, it is a one fourteen defense stat. Like that's pretty significant. I even seen it on yeah on bundle. Yeah. What? Yeah. I've even I've seen it on hail teams too. So it gets that massive defense stat, and it's just like yeah, you can't you can't hit me. I stand corrected. That's insane. I can't believe they gave it that. <laughs> How does it even have room for that many stats after that speed and special attack? It has garbage defense. Or sorry, garbage HP. It's just it doesn't have HP. Gotcha. That that's the whole thing about stat attribution. It's like where are they getting these stats from? 136 mm-hmm. speed and 114 defense and like 124 special attack. What else do you need? Mm-hmm. I think you go zero in the other stats and it, it'd be a fine Pokemon. <laughs> So then beyond that, of course, we have some of the other ones. I mean, Iron Moth, Great Tusk, Sandy Shocks. They have like one or two here and there. None really are standing out that are sort of jumping into that um, that next slot, I guess, except for maybe, I stand corrected, Roaring Moon is probably your next highest in usage. Would you both agree? Yeah, I I don't see the hype, though. Like I said, Dark is... Oh, no, a... that's interesting. Why not? Dark is such a garbage typing. I It got shafted by its typing. If you look at the, the thing's stats, it's actually unbelievable. I like, oh, my God, the thing's stats are just crazy. I don't know what Game Freak was thinking. Actually, I know what they're thinking when they put that stats. It's, typing is so garbage. 
it just gets destroyed by everything in the format. You need to invest a Terra on it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you get this crazy mon, but needing to invest Terra is such a hard bargain. Yeah, it's basically a flying type at this point. <laughs> but that's the whole issue. You you you're investing your entire Terra in, into a mon that's still weak. Even after that, flying is still weak to Iron Hands and what's his face? Delibot. His <laughs> typing is so bad. So bad. It, you just can't stay dark flying uh dark dragon. Yeah, that's a good the, point. The top team of Melee Monday, Poke Melee Mondays, had the Roaring Moon. And so did the top team from Duran's meta. So, oh, and the top team of the Beanie Brawls. So there's something to that Roaring Moon, Zebra. <laughs> I, I guess something I don't see, but I hate it. I, I In the middle of the format, I was like, it's all right. It has its niche. And now I'm like, this thing is just utter garbage. I, I can't see anything with that. So the benefit of it, though, to your point, is, is the stats, right? Sitting at 119 speed, it's completely alone in that speed tier. The only other thing that hits 119 is Cinderace. So, and that's not legal yet. So it's already going to be faster than, you know, Mousehold, Iron Valiant, Salazzle. I mean, Salazzle may not necessarily be as relevant, but Mousehold certainly is. So 119 is pretty good, but... Because of that booster energy, its attack stat, which is at 139, is just getting boosted way, way high. But because of the fact it doesn't have levitate, you know, like High Dragon does, which is the other dark dragon type, you have to you have to tear it into something, to your point, Semper. So it like you kind of forecast what you are doing. So I've actually seen some more support roaring moons, like some are running, you know, sunny day or tailwind or something like that. What? It's 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 stats are so good. One nineteen speed you said, and one hundred thirty nine attack. Yeah, and then defense is seventy one. And then defense special, is... special defense one hundred one HP one hundred five. One hundred five. That's the HP is great. Mm-hmm. It's it's also a speed tier where it, if it has the booster energy and the opposing flutter main slash bundle doesn't, it's even faster. And after one dragon dance, you're you're faster than like everything. Mm-hmm. Again, it's. It's typing is so like its stats are actually unbelievable. Sometimes I look at this thing stats and I, I cry. What if they give this thing steel dragon typing? How good would that be? Actually, that doesn't sound good at all either. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> but like being weak to the three best paradox mons, Fluttermane, Delibot, and Iron Hands, and then still being weak to two of them after you terra flying, which is the most common terra type. Because that's the thing. It looks like what they're doing is because the the way that these teams are being constructed is that it's on a team with Iron Hands, with Amoongus, with Iron Bundle, with, you know, some redirection here. Like, one of the the teams that won, it was the Dondozo team plus Roaring Moon. And so it's like, it's that late-game sweeper. It's that thing that when you've already used all of your resources, this thing comes in and just is like, oh, your fairy type is already gone, so now I'm just going to, you know, crunch you or Dragon Claw you or acrobatics or something like that and then it's able to just sweep from there and, and finish up the rest of the game at least that's how i think it's being run which would make sense because you have to respect it when you see see it in team preview so you have to bring something for it but i don't see it getting led very often unless they do the strategy that we have been seeing a little bit of they lead with the booster energy it gets consumed they go terra flying and then they go acrobatics. So it still gets that acrobatics boost, 
with the stab flying type, and it's just doing a ton of damage at that point. Oh, yeah, that's its bread and butter right there. Which is pretty cool, because that's kind of like a, I don't know, an homage almost to the flying type that is Salamence. Yeah, but it's winning. So what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's a win and I'm not, so I got to respect it. We'll I mean, see, we'll see how bad. things... Yeah, we'll see how things shake out, right? I mean, I'd say what... you're a winner. You're in top four of that one tournament recently. Yeah. Top four is fourth biggest loser. <laughs> or what is well, what's the saying? Third, fourth I guess. loser? Third, third loser? Third loser, yeah. yeah. Jeez, but I that's... guess <laughs> I didn't even top. What does that make me? <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's uh, switch gears quick and talk about some of the mods that are popping back up into usage that kind of maybe fell off a little bit or didn't necessarily really take off the way that maybe I expected them to or that, you know, I don't know. But Arcanine and Ferrigarath for me, I'm seeing a lot. I think with Arcanine for sure, um, some of the Defiant user usage, such as King Gambit and Annihilate, seems to be decreasing, at least in these top eight. I mean, in the Beanie Brawl specifically, there's only one King Gambit and not a single Annihilate. So... With that free Intimidate, plus being able to resist the stab of the Dazzling Gleam from Fluttermane, Arcanine is in a great spot right now. And then you have Ferrigarath that's able to, you know, protect the frail Pokemon, such as Iron Bundle and Fluttermane, from some of that priority that might be out there. So I think that it's kind of cool to see those both come back into usage. Yeah, let me say that I have a good explanation for all of the above. And that's the one we already explained, and it's good old Hansy, because okay. the the armor tail, you know, covers the fake out. You switch in your freezer app for the fake out, and the intimidate and the will o wisp cover the iron hands because it, you know, has to. It has like sometimes it's using the energy boost, and uh, also the lack of King Gambit. He doesn't want to get punched. Everybody gangster until they get punched in the face. Mike Tyson. Something like that. It wasn't exactly like It's one of my favorite quotes. Everyone has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Thank you. I love that. Uh, I honestly think it's crazy how little King Gambit is getting usage. I was like a big, big fan of King Gambit. Like, I thought that this thing would take off. I know. It's so cool. It, 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 in Series 1, it was really good. And I think so many top teams had it. I thought in Series 2, it, it get even better usage because you switch in on an Icy Wind. A life orb sucker punch KOs Fluttermane. It has a, it has a decent typing against a lot of the uh, the paradox, but then it gets little to no usage, which is so weird. I just I, I can't put a finger on it, but you can put a hand on it. <laughs> is that really what it comes down to? Is it really that we are now at a point where I mean, obviously that hasn't even started yet, but theoretically you could have an Arcanine and a Moongus and your own Iron Hands on the team just to be able to defeat an opposing Iron Hands. Mm -hmm. Series 2, baby. I think I think that's a good core in itself. So I think... Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Iron Hands will be on so many teams. I still don't understand why King Gambit's so bad. I don't I don't get it. I I was like a really, really, really big fan. Of, and then Tauros is the other one. I really expected Tauros to take off oh, again. Oh, yeah, that just tanked after but San then, Diego. But yeah, exactly. But then you, you realize how good Fluttermane and Delibot are. Makes sense. That one makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, Ar Arcanine coming back is pretty cool. Uh, I was just going to say that I think that the Tauros thing is like this new Intimidate factor. 
since Gen 9 with the Defiamons and Clear Amulet, where as soon as Intimidate's not popular, it becomes good. And then as soon as it's good, it's bad. And that was just the sweet spot where it hit in San Diego, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's actually a really interesting point you bring up. I I, I wonder if we'll flip up like that in the future. Because everyone, everyone was running Clear Amulet on their chomps. Everyone was running Annihilate but Defiant. And then everyone dropped all of that. And then in San Diego, all the top players realized everyone's dropping all their anti-intimidates. Why don't we just bring Intimidate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how meta evolves, I guess. And, you know, even though it's only been two months into this game being out, we're seeing it evolving so fast. Because right now, Arcanine is amazing. Amazing. It's in such a good place. Yeah. And it's like a bunch of different sets, too. Like, it's some of it, sure. Like, it looks like the bulky variant with, you know, Flare Blitz, Snarl, Will-O-Wisp, and Protect with maybe safety goggles or a, you know, HP barrier or something like that. Seems to be the more dominant one, but there's still some surprise life orbs and choice bands out there because extreme speed is still a great attack, especially when you get normal stab if you're in a Terra. Yeah, I think Arcanine is like one of those goats of Gen 1 that will not go away no matter how many generations we have. And along with like Gyarados, and the only time it really goes away is whenever Incineroar comes back. Yeah, because then you have Intimidate plus Fake Out, and you just continue to add more rolls and consolidate them into one thing. Yeah, plus, you know, Fire Stab and whatnot. But we don't have to cover Incineroar because I think everybody knows how bad or how uh, how good Incineroar is. Yeah, I mean, well, some people, they might have just gotten into VGC as of Gen 9, and they might not know of the great evil that is Incineroar, but it's coming back someday, guys. And just know that it's, it's waiting there for you <laughs> as soon as you don't expect it. Uh, well, cool. That was... I think pretty good discussion. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to cover? One last thing, one thing interesting that you are looking to get into with, with some of these, with some of these Pokemon paradox or not? It would bring back and Gambit. I don't know why that thing's dead. I can see that. I, I, I think you can bring it back. I'm sure. I, I hope, I hope it comes back. I think it will because Arcanine's everywhere. Yeah. And then Delibot and Fluttermane's everywhere. You just gotta get around hands. Someone's gonna find a way to get around Iron hands. Some someday. Do you think they start running like Terra Ground King Gambit? Because then you get like Terra Blast and you get, you know, immunity to electric and then, you know, neutral to fire plus fighting. And then you can KO the Arcanine and the uh, Iron Hands back. I, uh, but then Terra Blast does like 30% because it's Iron Hands. Yeah, that's true. I think maybe Terra Ghost sets. I don't know. Okay. I think Terra Ghost is going to take off anyway because your dark types are just so garbage yeah. right now. And then I'm seeing a lot more Terra Ghost, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense with you know Iron Hands, you're gonna take those fake outs. True. Exactly. True. Make it a 50-50. I've seen I've seen leads of both Terras or Ghosts. And you're just like, exactly. I don't know which one to hit. God, I, I actually played that like a couple minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh in a match, it was Iron Bundle lead with Fluttermane, and it had Terra Ghost. And I'll have a trick room team. So it just, it's Terra Ghost. I remember when everyone said that Terra Ghost was going to be like the defining Terra type and then no one ran it? Yeah. That was... I feel like before Gen 9, a lot of people thought that Steel and Electric were going to be the types and they're not. I think I think Steel is the GOAT, but, but you can have your takes. But I know 
for a season, series one that grass was the most popular. Well, because you have like a hyper offense mon that doesn't get affected by rage powder or spore. I mean, that's exactly huge. grass is a good place too. We don't have Dynamax anymore. So, what, what, what was it Dynamax for flying? It was Airstream. Max Airstream, yeah. We, we don't have Airstream anymore. So, it, and bug types aren't very common. True. Poison isn't nearly as common because of Terra Steels. I think Grass is, was in a really good place in Series 1. I just know that in Series 2, I'm planning on running Roaring Moon, despite what some people, except for me, think. Because, <laughs> because I have a, a bearded dragon, and I love it. And it just looks like Roaring Moon to me. And I already caught a shining Roaring Moon for that reason. And I'm going to force it to work, even though I don't really have to try that hard. It clearly works. I think that's a... That's a... I think it's a strong, strong Pokemon. We'll certainly see how it how it goes. But I think that's a good final transition into some things for people to know when they are building their building their teams. So just a couple sort of like ideas and strategies for for people that, that I've seen, and then for the two of you, please you know jump on in with some of the stuff, the additional cores and whatnot, and um, you know leads or strategy that, that you've seen. So one of them, and I even run this myself is Iron Bundle plus Fluttermane. I put the booster energy onto Iron Bundle. And at that point, you're only getting outsped, like I said earlier, by like a Choice Scarf Dragapult, or of course the Speed Tie with another booster energy Iron Bundle. So then you just go for Icy Wind, and then you go for Shadow Ball or Moonblast or Dazzling Gleam from Fluttermane. I'll typically para fairy at that point and you're just doing a ton of damage yes this gets entirely shut down by wide guard but if they don't have it it's a very very free lead as well and it does a lot of damage and if nothing else chunks the the opposing pokemon pretty significantly so you're saying you just put iron bundle and Fluttermane, and that's the that's the combo right there yeah and you just do icy wind and then you hit them with Fluttermane. you're sick I know, and uh, it feels so good when it works out exactly like the way I want. Winning does feel good. It does. I feel like Trick Room's come back really, yeah. really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, just specifically because Iron Hands. <laughs> only Iron Hands. It's like the only Trick Room Paradox mod, and yet it's going up. Trick Room's going up. It's crazy. One mod influences the metagame this hard. It's just uh, so crazy. Yeah. And it sounds like a good counter to uh, Jake's lead he just told us about. Hey, but then you have Terra Ghost. That's the exact situation I ran into. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, is because then you do have Trick Room with Ferrigraph or whatever setter you want, whether it's going to be, you know, NDD or something like that. And then you have Iron Hands, and you're like, great, this is going to sweep. And then you also have Torkoal. And then the other benefit of Torkoal, of course, is that it sets the sun. And then maybe you have, like, Brute Bonnet or one of the other past Paradox Mons that are then going to benefit from the sun and just get the boost without necessarily even needing the booster energy. And guess what? Fire Terra, or not even Fire Terra, but just Eruption in the Sun still does a ton of damage from Torkoal. So yeah, I could definitely see Trick Room coming back, which is great because I love Trick Room teams. So that certainly helps out me. I think I think since we talk about all this, the one one that has really blown to all that is Iron Treads. Or what is it called? Not Iron Treads. Great Tusk. Great Tusk. Great Tusk, yeah. Exactly. Looks so cool. One of the yeah. coolest mods they designed for sure. And so it's really cool that it's, I don't think it's anti meta, it's a counter meta almost. It just does so well into so many meta mods. 
with uh, after icy wind, if they're not booster energy, you outspeed everything. And it definitely pairs pretty well with Murkrow, even though Murkrow's gone down in usage. Uh, just being able to haze after headlong rush and close combat is nice, and not get hit by earthquake. Absolutely, yeah. Great tusk also on my team. I run a focus sash on it because even though it has great defenses in yeah one fifteen HP and one third and one thirty one defense. Its special defense at only 53 is so bad. And ground fighting is a phenomenal offensive typing, but it's pretty abysmal when it comes to defensive typing. So I run Terra Grass on it for the defense, but I think, Semper, you run, what, Terra Ground for just a hard-hitting attack. Yeah, right? uh, I run Sash Set, so I'm a big fan of Yeah, I like Terra Sash ground. on it, too. Makes sense. I, I feel like... For how bulky it is, it doesn't live anything, which is which is really funny. Yeah, it just doesn't live anything, even with uh assault vest. Even with assault vest, oh, it, yeah. it gets o code by hydro pump from Delibot, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So, it doesn't live anything. So I like the offensive typing instead. Yeah, if you don't have a sash, you gotta go like two fifty two special defense. I don't think you need. It's just so hard. It just wants stats and everything. You want that defense. Yeah. But you want that speed because it's such a perfect speed tier. After icy wind, you have speed everything. And, but then it has, you know, abysmal special defense, so you want that too. Maybe it could be nice with, like, some redirection and some wide guard support on the team. Yeah, I definitely think that's a great way to go with it. And plus, if you do happen to run, like, Murkrow, like you were saying, uh, Spicer, Murkrow does get Sunny Day, which could, you know, you set Tailwind, Tailwind mm -hmm. protects, and then you set yeah. Sunny Day, and then, boom. That thing, especially if you run Adamant, I mean, with 252 Adamant, it's it's in at 201 on its on its attack, which is pretty pretty strong, and that just goes up by another you know 30. percent So you're looking at what 263 or something like that, 264, insane, insane. And plus, it just it looks so cool. It's so savage. The shiny is great. <laughs> and again, they gave it that new that new attack, headlong rush, which is the ground version of close combat so it has two stab 120 base power moves albeit single target but still i mean that thing just I, I think single target is a saving grace to be honest like that's fair yeah it, it's kind of overpowering garchomp because of headlong rush i said that's one of the reasons one of the biggest reasons because now you don't care about what's his face garganacle everywhere with with white guard and you just pound it especially terra what's the terra called poison that's what it was. Yeah, that was the more popular exactly. one because of San Diego. Yeah, just doing so well against all of that. It's just so nice. Uh, also, I want to say that like 120 base damage with 100 accuracy doesn't even matter what the drawback is. Is so good right now because of Terra, because just the just multiplying that by you know 1.5, adding 60, you got 180. So this like that's like why. Baxcalibur seems so great with its Glaive Rush despite its downside. Why Goldango is so great with Make It Rain despite its downside is because just tearing and multiplying those numbers, you just you just kill stuff. It doesn't matter if they resist it. You're just dealing with too big of numbers at that point. You're right. And because the 120 base power just gets you know exponentially that much higher, it just gets stronger and stronger. And because of the fact that it's with Great Tusk specifically, um, we talking about the focus sash set. It doesn't matter if your defenses are lower and lower because you're still going to live on one anyways. And with that ground typing, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about sand 
because it's not taking any residual from that either, which is nice. Right. That's yeah. Wow. I didn't even consider all that. And then you just take that it has stab, then you get its Terra, then you get the booster energy, and that's just big numbers. Uh, and speaking of weather and sands and sun and rain, even hail or snow, I guess at this point, weather is still a very big part of of the meta. Because again, of San Diego, we're seeing, uh, at least I am seeing still a lot of rain, which is great because it is good against the sun teams that are going to want to try and utilize photosynthesis a lot. But then you also have sand because you get some sand rush mons because as we sort of already talked about, these physical attackers such as Great Tusk and Roaring Moon and Iron Hands are susceptible to burn. So the support set of Houndstone paired with a Tyranitar is still pretty strong. I'm still seeing pretty good success with that from some of the teams that I've watched and run into. What's been your take on weather? Do you think that we continue to see it as prevalent or do you think that the meta sort of does shift into we're going to have not as much weather and it's going to be a little bit more speed control and just high-powered offense? I, th I think weather's taking a crazy tank. Like you think so? Okay. I, I think it's a huge tank. Sun isn't popular, uh, even though some people thought it would be. Like not not at all. No one's running sand or what's it called? No one's running sun. Yeah. Uh, not a single Torkoal in the Beanie Brawl top eight, and there is only one in the Poke Melee one from the sixteenth. And it's funny that you. You talk about rain. I haven't seen any. I don't know why. Maybe that's just my luck, but I really haven't seen any rain. And sand? I don't. I haven't seen a single. I've never seen sand actually in series two. I don't know. I don't know why it's taken such a hit. Uh, weather in general. It doesn't seem like it would be bad. Like no, nothing strictly destroys weather. I, I got think... a good explanation. Yeah. What's up? For the lack of rain. Irony. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's because these the Paradox ones don't have abilities and none of them can really take advantage of the rain. I think Sandy Shocks is the only one that takes advantage of rain. I think it's the only Paradox one that, you know, other, other than Sun for the, the, the past mons. Right. They don't really care about weather and they're the strongest mons in the format. So it it, it kind of makes sense why there's no, at least in my opinion, there's no weather. Yeah. I guess it's also I'm biased too because one of the Pokemon content creators have been watching salty dolphin has been using a sand team so maybe i'm biased because i've been watching them more because it's like because they started using sand because they wanted to be able to use fire terra gastrodon as their hard counter to iron bundle since it then actually is able to resist both stabs plus get the storm drain which was like that's that's pretty good yeah salty dolphin he's pretty cool he's out there he's streaming a lot mm-hmm been watching a little bit too yeah but yeah i think that series two is going to be a lot of fun for those that are curious where we got some of this information from check out limitless uh when i was and i did my search i just did limitless tournaments and then it'll give you the past results for these tournaments you can even add filters by specific formats or even specific time periods that you want to look for it's also a great place to find new tournaments as well, because if you really want to get a handle on the best of three open team sheet format, 
you have to do it in a tournament setting or at least with other people that you know because you're not going to get the best of three open team sheet on the ladder, especially not on cartridge because they just, we don't have that yet. It could be something that we see in the future, which would be neat. But at this point you have to coordinate that, that feel something that, that we do here on our discord channel is we do tournaments as well. So if you're interested, come join our community, of course, VGC trainer school on discord. We always do include that link there at the bottom or in the, in the show notes. So definitely come check us out and join up. Last one that we had was actually was pretty successful. It got almost to 100 people. So that was pretty great. It was for Series 1 for Liverpool prep. So we're going to definitely continue to do those types of tournaments and stuff. And they're always a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah, we'll be doing Series 2 from now on. Which is going to be a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of fun. Good to see how that develops in that meta and whatnot. And speaking of how a meta can develop, Another thing that our Discord is actively doing currently is we are looking to do a new VGC-style draft league. So if that's something that you are interested in, we have posted signups where you can submit an application to join. We are expanding to 32 teams. So it's going to be two leagues of 16. So we're looking for a bunch of new coaches to join the community it's a lot of fun. You get to pick from a pool of Pokemon and you battle against opponents every week. And it's just, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, if it's something that you are interested in trying out, definitely look into it. Come check it out on our Discord. Um, check out the announcements channel and you'll be able to read more. And yeah, certainly suggest it. It's a lot of fun. So to that, there was one mention or one comment that did pop up in our discord that was in reference to the most recent podcast. And we were sort of talking about how there could be increased functionality that could be coming with, you know, Pokemon home, as well as just the patch 1.2. And the comment came from Dino Mike and it's, I don't know anything about the backend stuff, but Nintendo already has the NSO or the Nintendo Service Online app, which can connect to games and allow voice chat and regular chat, and even for you to buy stuff on the app and get them in game, like clothes or, you know, in Splatoon 2. So I think it could be possible, but it's way more than just, you know, make it work with the app and probably not worth it. But the idea was essentially like, could that have additional functionality within the app itself to have some chat, whether voice or text, during an actual game? And that could be kind of neat. Is that something that you'd be able to want? Because then that would be sort of closer to that of Showdown. And yes, we've all seen the videos. There are certainly some salty and toxic people on Showdown. But I think by and large, I've had a positive experience with the community. And it could be fun to be able to chat with people even if just to say hey that was a good read or you know great game thanks for playing type thing is that something that you guys would want maybe like maybe like a bar uh, i know some games have it where you like select pre-written pre-written things like, okay yeah 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 like like pre yeah pre-recorded or pre-written chat messages like yeah thanks or good job exactly because to be honest <laughs> i don't expect the vgc community to be nice at all that's just that's just the reality yeah most of them are just like you know saying uh you know go f yourself and well most of the time that's all i get in the chat that's showdown 
maybe they do open team sheet that way if it's available on the app or something might be make it a little bit more difficult because you're having to like look back and forth but that would be an easy way to have it laid out for people to see i don't expect anything from nintendo to, to help with the competitive scene i don't know i mean they've made competitive as easy as possible to get into these days maybe they continue to lean more that way if they want to continue to be more of an esport who knows mm, who knows it's but. anxious about though i think i just, I just wish car had an option to not have uh animations if you i feel like everyone's practicing on sword just because you can skip turns stuff like that it just doesn't make any sense to practice on cart right now uh that's that's my number one change i'd make to car yeah. It is weird that they don't let you turn them off, even for like EV grinding or something like that, or just playing in the game. Because I do like playing on cart because it's like, damn it, I paid for these animations. Exactly. I, I exactly. paid for this for, for these for these shiny textures. I want to be able to see them. You want to be able to see the, the 3D texture and stuff like that, but then God, it's impossible to practice. Yeah, you just can't is. practice on cart. It can be very slow for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We we we've kind of made it sort of clear that. Nintendo doesn't really like Showdown, so I don't know why they haven't ever released something to kind of rival Showdown a little bit. Uh, because they don't want to. They don't want to cut in on the revenue of the main games. And obviously, they don't want to work harder to make something similar because uh, we got this game that seems like it could have used a little more work itself. I think they like the fact that Showdown exists because they don't have to make it personally. Maybe, yeah. But that is a topic for another time. Because we're going to wrap up here. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Spicer, Sempra, thank you so much for, for joining. It's been a pleasure. Um, as always, I've been Jake. Spicer? Stay classy, planet Earth. And to you, Sempra? Uh, that's all. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all righty. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, again. Hope you enjoyed. Class dismissed.